the Ramblings of a Saint podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Lou. You can find me on Twitter at RamblingSaint7 and also on Twitter at JohnLou13. Now, today is the first of many NRL podcasts, and I am lucky to have an Australian guest, and he is going to be a regular on this podcast. We're hoping to do it once a month, a basically monthly roundup of the NRL, what's been going on, any news, controversy, everything like that. And he is based in Brisbane, and he is Sam Leckie. How are you, Sam? Good, Johnny. How are you, mate? Yeah, really good. Good to be so, on. Uh, so Sam actually got in touch with me when I was on about creating a journalism uh, website. He's a, well, you can tell us a bit about yourself, Sam. <laughs> he was a journalist. Um, yeah, no, student, yeah, journalism student. That's uh, Uni's very much a, a backseat hobby now. Um, sort of fell into radio producing, yeah, this time a couple of years ago. Uh, and have been, have been covering sport and that sort of thing since and uh, passing my unqualified opinion and um, and whatnot out into the airwaves um, as much as I can. Yeah, well, we all have unqualified opinions. That's why this podcast was set up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, some of them just get more coverage than others. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, obviously the British population, we don't get much NRL coverage when it comes to TV, unless you've got the Watch NRL app, you're limited to three games over here. So um, that's kind of why I thought, well, let's bring this segment in. Let's get a bit of talk. Let's get a bit of knowledge towards these people of the great game over in Australia. It's got, you know, it's a billion dollar industry over there now. We're um, going to buy you guys soon, aren't we? Well, that's the uh, rumours. <laughs> but that them rumours have been going on for probably about 20 oh, yeah. years. Since the Super League war ended, it's been like, oh, Australia's going to buy you. Just um, take it under the wing. Yeah, but the RFL are like, that's stubborn that they'd rather see yeah. them die than <laughs> they'd, they'd have the Aussies overtake it. So, you know, That's we're, we're sat here as fans of Super League just going, well, we either get bought or we die. <laughs> and that's some of the things that have been brought up. It's like, well, why are the NRL looking at buying the Super League when, like, for example, the RFL are looking at clubs like nearly folding? Uh, and it's like, well, what's the point yeah. of buying it? But, but it's such a great product. Like we were talking just before about watching it. It's great football. It's awesome to watch. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that, that's for people who get paid more than we do to make that decision. Well, exactly. And, I mean, like, the the NRL aren't stupid, the business people. Like, you know, yeah. Peter Volandis isn't in charge of it for no reason. It's because he came from horse racing, made them a load of money, and he was like, right, we've got to make big decisions. And, granted, over there, you guys aren't the biggest fan of Peter Volandis, but I said this to League Freak on one of our podcasts. It's like... If he came over to Super League, we'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're that used. Oh, yeah. Like, we, we have that many bad business decisions. We're just like, please, please, anyone, and anyone take One of my, um, I spoke to one of my colleagues at Nine Radio um, uh, Sunday afternoon, and he basically said his first job was working for Peter Volandis. He said, if, if PVL puts his mind to something, uh, it's going to work, which is why this Vegas thing is so exciting for a lot of people. Uh, and why yeah. when, he says something, when he says something about buying the Super League, uh, you, you sort of listen and go, you know what, it could work. I have, but I don't know, like, if he's actually said that or whether this is just mm. the John's sort of scenario of just, going, <laughs> yeah. I've heard something or let's make a talking point. Like, you never know with Australian media whether there's truth in it or whether it's just a load of waffle. <laughs> and that's the problem yeah. with, it's like with the Barclays Premier League, over, well, I still call it Barclays Premier League, it's like the Premier League over here uh, in a sense of, 
you know, they, there's that much content to make that any little thing, little slip up, you've seen it with that Brisbane scuffle, which wasn't a scuffle. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, yeah. like, they make a story out of nothing over there. So this could just be yeah. like, someone said something, and I'm like, oh, like we should buy the English Super League. And then he's just got a radio going. And, oh, then, it, and then it grows, it, it grows legs after that and, and gets and he, a life of its own. Yeah. And then like, he, he starts talking about, oh yeah, like I would turn it to winter. And then suddenly that's Matthew John saying he would turn it to winter to then go into, oh, the NRL are going to buy it and turn it into winter. And it's like, no, they're, they're two separate conversations he's had in one section and they've just gone, yeah. boom, let's make a whole big story out of it. And then you've got over here, like, we're just getting the snippets of it. So then Super League Twitter goes, boom, they're buying us. Why are they buying yeah. us? Like, oh, come and on. all of a sudden, Lewis Dodd's looking over his shoulder going, I'm not going to have a job next year because <laughs> I think Mitchell Moses is going to come and play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, then you'll have these players going, oh, that was another bonkers statement. Like, oh, yeah, all the superstars are going to come over in winter. Yeah, and yeah. That's not going to happen. The clubs aren't going to let that happen. <laughs> The clubs, don't let them, the, the, the clubs don't let them play Indigenous or Māori All-Stars games. Uh, like They're not going to let them play in the Super League for a exactly. whole summer. In winter, which has an increase yeah. of injuries and muscle strains and all sorts. It's just like, come on. Sure, maybe you might get a couple of young guns coming over, but other than that, that's about yeah. it. The first guy above 100... The first guy getting paid above 700k is going to pop a hamstring, and then all the rest of them are going to get skull dragged back onto a plane home. Yeah, when he's on about Tommy Turbo, I was like, mate, the amount of muscle injuries he has playing in winter yeah. over here, he will be yeah. absolutely goosed. <laughs> like, yeah. He wouldn't put, he'd have to retire after playing one season of winter rugby over here. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, some of the bonkers stories that come out over there are incredible. And are you a Broncos fan or are you a... I, I, I am not. I live in Broncos town. Um, I was born in Townsville, which is Cowboys country, but I'm a Sydney Roosters fan. Um, ah, and you so can that's blame, a... You can, uh... <laughs> you can blame my uncle for that. Uh, I grew up watching footy with him and uh, and as a result, I'm a yeah Sydney Roosters and New South Wales fan, even though I've lived most of my life in Queensland. <laughs> that can't go down well over there. no. No, there was some times during my, uh, particularly during the eight in a row when I was in uh, late primary school, early high school, thinking maybe I could have just, I could have just been, had been stronger in um in my morals and pick Queensland. But you know what? I'm New South Wales now through and through. Ah, so you are, so you are a blue as well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Wow. That's, uh, that's very Unfortunate. like strange as well. Like you wouldn't get that. I'm not, like, I'm not the only one. There is a few. Is that just family heritage and being with your uncle yeah. watching the footy? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, I mean, yeah. if ever there is a, a token for having your heritage being linked there, then that, that, that should be it. Because if you were to play yeah. footy and you were representing Queensland, you'd probably hate it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Well, lucky I'm not good enough to do that, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> there, there, there were dreams there for a little while. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like, it's kind of like when I was a kid and obviously, like, you have these dreams of, oh, I'm going to be going to be a rugby player. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then, like, you start thinking of, oh, who am I going to represent internationally? And then, like, I was going through, like, my history and I've literally got Wales or England and that's it. Whereas, like, some of the, some of, like, the uh, the New South Wales lot that are, like, Samoan and, uh, you know, you've got all them type. Yeah. Being, having that heritage, that's a big talking point over there because there's a lot of people that think you shouldn't represent any other nation other than Australia and 
I I personally don't agree with that. Like, if you're proud of your heritage, you're proud yeah. of where you come from. Why not? You're allowed to you're allowed to represent where you grew up and represent your culture and your family as well. Um, exactly. You'll you'll know you'll notice that the people that say that you need to represent Australia if you play State of Origin, they all have a particular pigment. Um, and, uh, <laughs> normally in a, normally in a particular age bracket as well. Yeah, the normally mid fifties. Quite than me as an Englishman. <laughs> one of them's one of them's just been put back onto NRL three sixty. Oh shit, yeah. Yeah, he has, hasn't he? <laughs> yes. I mean that show like couldn't get much worse. And then they go and bring him back. <laughs> yeah. But you know, is what it is with that section. Like, yeah. Can you even call him a journalist? Um I think well, I mean, officially, yes. Uh, but I feel <laughs> that show that show when you go and watch some of it, some of the things that get thrown up there. Um, or, or, I mean, there's a difference between criticizing people and putting people on blast and putting their careers in jeopardy. Mate, like, the amount of it, it, shit yeah. Latrell Mitchell gets on there. There's is a, a lot fucking of yeah. joke. And it's they like, don't, they don't remember that. that they don't remember that they, these are people's lives. Um, yeah. That, and people's careers that you're, you're dabbling in. And it's like um, it's like on Twitter, I've seen a lot, especially after the World Cup Challenge, where um, people have this thing of criticism being abuse. Now, there's a fine line, but for me, you can criticise mm. someone's performance. So, obviously, I'm on about the second half refereeing performance, which I think was yeah. atrocious. So, you are allowed to criticise that. What you are then not allowed to do is... To, uh, be derogative towards him. So I just said, mate, you know, that them decisions did affect the game. So I was very vocal on that. But there's a lot of people who label criticisms as abuse, which for me isn't truthful. Now that show, yeah. that show in particular, <laughs> very much doesn't tread the line. It goes way over the line where it goes yeah. like, you're just hounding someone for no reason now. It's like the Latrell Mitchell stuff, and you see it a lot with um, Jerome Luai more recently. Jerome Luai um, as well. Yeah, and there seems to be, you know, a lot of a lot of reasons why, but I think the obvious one is, uh, yeah, and I, I think we, people that I, differ from the norm. Yeah, yeah, and that is a real shame on the Aussie media, that program, because I remember when it first came out and we used to get that over here on Sky Sports when it first came out and we used to record it and watch it and be like, oh, it's quite good, a topical mm. show. Mm. And then it started going on to the clickbait stuff and then it started going on to just, we're just producing content for the mass media yeah. market to exploit. And then it was just like, oh. That's the problem with media more generally. Uh, I mean, like moving into that, like people scroll through TikTok and I was guilty of a TikTok death scroll this afternoon, like where you're just going through and like you only stay on, you only stay on things that catch your attention immediately. So like yeah. you're in that position and that's how you capture fans and eyes and get your numbers through the roof. Like that show when Ben Eichen was on it, uh, when it first started, who's now in charge of the Queensland Rugby League and when it was actually a news program and yeah, yeah there were some things that you don't agree with, but now they say like Gordon Tallis last year, I love Gordon Tallis. Um, yeah, he's yeah, one, of, yeah. one of my favourite players uh, to watch when he was playing um, and respect him greatly. But I feel like he was given a mandate to just go out and, and say controversial shit for the sake of it, which which is unfortunate because it um, you then start to question the NRL media's integrity, which is 
um, when they're covering the game that you love, it's yeah, it, it, it's a difficult position to find yourself in. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And um, it's a real strange one with like, <clears throat> yeah, just like you say, like the clickbait stuff, like serious about rugby league, especially. I, just, I don't know if you see any of their articles over there, but it is very Super League heavy of just producing waffle and shit. And just when they did that thing with the Matthew Johns and the NRL thing, and he mentioned about um, someone joining Castleford, it might have been Tommy Turbo. Someone, he said, ah, oh, someone's joining Castleford. And they just said, ah, oh, I think he's going to join Castleford in such a... <laughs> And it was just like, no, he's not. And it was just, they produce utter drivel that they just hear one little caption or one little thing. And it's so, um, so like weird, just generally weird. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's the problem yeah. that you say with the media. And we're, we're in a real point of, that's why I wanted to set up that website in the first place, but it just got too much from a schedule and this, that and the other. Um, so I've, yeah. I've, I'm now just focusing on my podcast to get this content sort of out there and hopefully the media and everything else can, you know, change and and adapt to more. And, and I think with fans, there's an appetite for, for as we were talking about, things that are less yeah. um, clickbaity criticism, which uh, put people on blast for reasons that are unbeknownst to a lot as opposed to actually sharing your opinions and, and creating a productive discussion about the game, which is few and far between um, too yeah. often. And, and yeah, exactly that. And it's like with the, the Vegas sort of stuff, it's very positive at the minute, but I'm mm. just waiting for something to be less positive to come out of the scenario <laughs> or like yeah. even something, even something that is so minor that they turn major. So it's yeah. like, uh, I think Jammer said it on his podcast when it was about the wrestling stuff. And he was like, what do you want as like a media thing? Do you want, um, like, we're going to get to a point in Australia where players aren't going to be allowed to go out drinking. They aren't going to be allowed to go out and you won't be seeing these on these people in pubs. You won't be going seeing your favorite players out and about because they'll be under so like media yeah. lockdown, basically. They'll just be on lockdown throughout the season and off season. And like for the whole careers, it'll be like, no, you, you do everything behind closed doors. You can only go and drink in club facilities. You can only do this. We're having lock-ins yeah. whenever it's celebrations. And you're going to have that sort of incident. Like I, it's one reason why the Super League, I think, is quite popular with certain players. And um, still even coming back in like, you know, like you say, your Lachlan Fitzgibbons. Um, there's no media hounding. So they can go yeah. out. They can yeah. go and have a few beers. I remember um, Joel Thompson on his interview with Jammer on the bye round and, and Justin Albrook said the same thing. He was like, that's why a lot of players like it over in England because they can go to the pub on a Saturday. They're not getting hounded by people. And they're like, when they get fans coming over, they're dead polite. They're like, yeah, how are you doing? Yeah. All this yeah. and the other. There's no media storm. Like the amount of things we see in town centres over here that like you see some players get into and like, if that was in Australia, but no one's record. No one's recording it. People would have their phones out, and yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like the the Kalen Ponger and uh, Kurt Mann scenario last year, <laughs> yeah. it was just like, yeah. just oh, put your yeah. phones away, man. Just like you're not yeah. gonna get. Like, do we want to? Do we want to force players? I mean, they're already put up on such a pedestal, but do we want to put them in 
uh, in the future in a position where they become like so untouchable that then all of a sudden we hate them because they're inaccessible to the rest of the public. Yeah. Like the media and the fans, when they get their phones out and record these things and, and leak them, it's, yeah, it's, it's getting, it's going to get to that point eventually if it keeps going. Yeah, exactly that. And, and it's really, um, it, it, it's quite sad seeing like when you hear, because uh, Jammer talks so good on the Buy Round podcast about it. I don't know if you listen to it, um, but he, yeah. he talks so passionately about that because he came from, the era like Jordan, Gordon Tallis, like um, a few of the others were, it was kind of the norm that you went out, you had Mad Monday, you did this, that and the other. Now, they're not even yeah. allowed Mad Mondays. They're not allowed to, you know, they're under strict curfews. When they do have a Mad Monday, it's literally behind closed doors, like we were saying. And, and it's quite a sad scenario for Rugby League over there. Um, it's it's like the Premier League over here, but like like you say, it, the, the fans are just as responsible or rival fans taking recording the footage yeah giving these giving these shit journals well, the, this the opportunity to make it did you see before the grand final you would have seen it over there reese walsh there was this kid these two these three kids or whatever just yeah going, and just and just plotting him, him just plotting him, like... and he just turns around and says and they, they were like moses leo is gonna smack you and reese walsh is what 21 years old turns around and goes i'll smack your mom like and, and then that becomes like, and then people are questioning his integrity and it's like, oh, this is not good for the Broncos on the eve of the grand final. Give me a break, please. Like, do you know how stupid you was at 21 and how I yeah. was at 21 yeah. and how everyone was at 21? <laughs> how everyone was at like, like you look back and you go, why did I do them things? And that's the whole point is growth and it's learning to, you know, do that. And that's a player who's, who's learning, but he's just in a celebrity yeah. role. Just, just let him live his life let him make his own mistakes and then it's like when he got done with you know having a bag of beaker um <laughs> on service <laughs> paradise on on the off season the year before and it's like at the end of the day yeah. it's like he's a young person doing young person's things there was a good Granted, advocate article um on that when that came out and it says that reese walsh in trouble for behaving as a rich attractive 19 year old wood on the <laughs> literally mate and, and, and to be fair to him he fronted up and, and accepted responsibility for it and here we are now he's one of the best players in the game and we're selling him to the u.s um, well, I mean, it, trying to sell his product to the u.s it's so weird that you know when they um they did the press things and they sent over what's his name from manly um josh woods, Aaron Aaron woods. woods. <laughs> Aaron Wood. and it's like they sent him over the the i'm, I'm listen Aaron woods isn't going to listen to this but he is one of the most <laughs> unattractive I love players going I... he's great to talk to but like yeah. why don't you send over like for example um someone like uh i know melbourne aren't in it but someone like big nelson and someone like reese walsh like six foot seven big like, nelson these are guys that would reese make walsh. it in the nfl and or, or just yeah. like or just go like that guy's got to tackle that guy <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah. a little five foot four with no pads yeah, and this big Nelson fella, it's like that's how you sell the sport, or like Payne Haas and um Reese Walsh, someone like that, and and show off your your real, because not only that, like Reese Walsh, young attractive young lad for the Aussie for the American market, like he's now mates with American Tom Brady, teenage apparently. girls might see that and go, oh, I want to go watch him play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's well, that fairy tale story that. American. Yeah. Like no one's gonna go and go. Oh, Aaron Woods, I want to go see him play. <laughs> no, 
maybe when he maybe when he had the longer hair and um there was there was a stage where Aaron Woods was a very much a cult hero, but I don't know if cult heroes have the same sort of status in the US as what they yeah. do here. <laughs> yeah. I gotta know if the Raiders were going over if we'd send Corey Horsburgh. Uh yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you go over there with like just some proper, you know, like you either go over with your big stars or yeah. you shouldn't really be going over. Like I know he's got radio stuff, but leave it on there's a reason he does radio <laughs> but he's, uh, he's very good at it too. yeah 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 that he is he's got great you know I, I i love listening to him um and you know like say big fan of jammer former saints player scouser and you know i think i think them two are like some of my favorite people to actually listen to um but, you know, we're here for one reason and one reason only. It's the start of the NRL season. And there's only one way to start the NRL season and start this NRL podcast with a ladder predictor. It's the most basic format of podcast you can do. And we are milking it. So this is it, guys. This is the content you've been waiting for. <laughs> and we're yeah. going to give our, like you say, completely unqualified opinion. And we're going to go from 17 to 1 with... Wooden spoon to league leaders or minor premiers over there, as they call it. And then we're going to do our grand final prediction. Who's going to win? Sounds good. Sounds so good. I tell you what, you're the guest. You can start us off with your wooden spooners for 2024. Some of these could age particularly badly, but oh, they will. Um, my, my, my wooden spooners this year are the Dragons. That's um, mine as well. Uh, yeah, I look at them uh, and it's unfortunate because the league is strong when there's a strong dragons set up but i feel like um you, you can make an argument for every other team to make the top eight yeah. except i look at the dragons and and their forward pack in particular um they're a very physical team and during the trials like their effort was great um and and they belted south sydney for a little while they belted the tigers last week but i don't know a doing that for 27 weeks straight and the other factor is they don't have that point of difference in their in, in their forward pack. And I mean, Luciano Lelua is going there um, from the Cowboys, and he could add that. He's a he's a good uh, big-bodied ball-playing sort of uh, second rower. He could play in the yeah. middle as well. He's another but second I just, rower. It's just and they're paying well. They're they're paying an average of seven hundred thousand dollars a year for him. Uh, his contract's worth nine hundred thousand. Uh, I don't know where he's going to go after that because. It's a lot of money to pay for a second rower who hasn't really reached his potential yet. But you like you look at their forward pack He's and still they're like, gonna get yeah. they get they're gonna get belted by most of the other teams above them. Um and I then would you say apart apart from maybe the old occasion, but yeah. Oh, the back I had the I had a very um animated conversation with one of my close mates who's a Dragons fan about Zach Lomax playing on the wing. Um and just it, it, by all by any way I try and look at it, I cannot figure out why yeah because he, he, he's their best player i mean along with ben hunt zach lomax is their best player uh he's got for, the most for creativity strike and strike yeah 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 so you put him on the wing where he's going to have to do a lot of yardage work coming out of his own end that's going to blunt it and then you also we're talking about a forward pack that's got no point of difference you're then moving jack bird who could have been that to the centers where he's not going to be able to have that impact through the middle of the field so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me um tyrell sloan Still a lot of question marks over him. Kyle Flanagan, a lot of question marks over him. A lot uh, more ben, recently as well. <laughs> yes, and, and 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 still question marks that haven't been put to bed over how willing Ben Hunt is to play for, for this football club. 
Well, exactly. And, and, and also, you look at the recruitment over the past couple of years, they always seem to be on the back foot. Like, they yep. never are proactive with it. Like, you've seen it this year. The perfect example is Luciano Leilua. It's someone that the Cowboys went, well, yeah, we can offload. And yeah. they've gone, oh, well, you know, we, we've got someone there. But it's another second role that they don't necessarily need. They don't yeah. need another edge back roller. Um, granted, he's an improvement on the two they've got, but then they're still paying the others. So th- there's more positions that they could target. Fullback is the perfect example. Um, how well Sloan will do at fullback is questionable. Like you say, he's played most of his career on the wing and whether he can adapt. Zach Lomax is an absolute waste on the wing. The yeah. Like you say, why not try, you know, he, at minimum, he should be centre, but why not try him at six? I know they brought Kyle Flanagan in, he's yeah. a coach's son. Like, just try something different. You've got nothing to lose. Um, but that yeah. recruitment for me is like, it's so poor yeah. again. And it seems to be like for an independently owned club, like, they're not owned by, they're owned privately by backers. Like, why aren't they yeah. being and fans? That, that is a. That's a lot of the issue is you've got the St. George board and, and this has basically been since they've become a merger club. You've yeah. got the Illawarra Steelers board and the St. George Dragons board, which are, and it's the same thing with the West Tigers. Um, with, you've got two boards that are pulling the club in different directions. Only recently have the, have the Tigers started to fix that issue uh, with some, some top, uh, top, uh, front office changes, but yeah, with the Dragons to their credit, I mean, I mean sh- call board, to be fair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> To the uh, yeah, to to the Dragons' credit, I mean Shane Flanagan um, has said that this year the results aren't a massive issue. This year they want to build to next year. Um, yeah. So I think that's so the only way they can look to it. He's already put that asterisk on it, and then I, I suppose that can put a, a rocket under the ass of a lot of players and say, well, if we're building to next year, I better play well this year. Otherwise, uh, I could find myself out of my ass. So I, I guess yeah. that's a positive a positive spin you could put on it. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I can't see them finishing. I, I can't see them with maybe more than four or five wins this year. Well, I, I yeah, I said they're my bottom two. I put them bottom just because I, I had to flip a coin between the West and the Dragons for which one is actually going to finish bottom. Just because the West, although they've had the, the big change upstairs, the recruitment and the squad is pretty much the same bar the two young lads from, was it Melbourne they got them from? Uh, Manly, Manly, oh, man, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, one of those, but I got had a good look at Viliami Fafita on uh, in the Charity Shield yeah, match against yeah, South yeah. Sydney. He's an impress. He he is yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, bit bit raw still, but yeah, he's going to be a talent. So yeah, West are my 16th club just because the roster itself hasn't made many drastic changes. Um, they've still got Clemmer, <laughs> Clemmer, <laughs> who I really don't rate. Personally, I think he should really be making the move over here at some point. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't think he's he's good enough to be the figurehead of the forward pack. And yeah, again, Happy Coruscant is is great, but he's the wrong side of thirty now. How many injuries will he start picking up? This, that, and the other. Um, yeah. And then you talk about like you know the backs. The backs are probably Bula phenomenal i think he's gonna he's got lots yeah. of potential and yeah. i really really like him um but again is he one of the best you know is he is he a top 12 fullback probably not on the minute yeah. and then and can add in, can add in season get the best out of him same with uh junior tupu on the wing it's everything's potential based with this target yeah. outfit 
in the backs. Yeah. And having Aiden Caesar play in seven, having seen him at Leeds and Huddersfield the past couple of years, I I I don't know how he's even over there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he uh, he went to the Super League four years too early when he was playing for Canberra. I've got the Tigers in sixteenth as well. Um, yeah, which is it, which is an improvement on last year. Um, and I mean, you can see on the up and up. I mean, they've got Jerome Luai going there next year. There's some good young players. I just don't see exactly. it again gelling for a whole year. But yeah, uh, like Aiden Caesar when he was at Canberra, he was awesome. Like yeah, he got yeah. them to he got them to a grand year final. At he, he was in yeah, the top he three for Man of Steel. Um, but yeah, since then, and I mean it happens with age, and he's had some some injuries as well along the way. Um, he did against the Dragons last week. He did just look off the pace. There was a a point where uh, I think it was I think it might have even been Kyle Flanagan just it breezed past him. Um, yeah, w- with with speed. Uh, which for Kyle Flanagan, if, if Kyle Flanagan's burning you, you're definitely off the pace um, with with respect. Um, so I think with the tight, their forward pack, their forward pack's going to get them over the line in a lot of um, a, a lot of games. If the, the games that they win, their forward pack's going to set it up for them. I mean, Stefano Itukamanu is a great young player um, and I think he's he's now fully committed to the club. Uh, he's come out publicly and said that. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, ba- Johnny Bateman there. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but you talk about point of difference in attack. John Bateman's one of those players that you he gets the ball and he's got six or seven different options uh, that he could pull out. Isaiah Papali, he, he it'll be good to see him get his uh, form back that he had at Parramatta in 2022. Um, so I, yeah, but I just I don't see them putting it all together at this stage um, in this sort of yeah. rebuild that they've got going. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And you know, it, it's one of them things of. Yeah, like we say, it's a building block for next year. So we've got our bottom two sorted. Who's going in at 15th for you? 15th. Um, this is a tough one. And I, uh, I say this knowing that I have Raiders fans outside like... my door. Oh, mate, have you actually got um, the Raiders? Yes. I I've got well. Canberra. I've got Canberra in 15th. Look at this. I, I swear, Dan, we haven't, we haven't spoken before this podcast about what we've picked. But yeah, I've picked the Raiders as well. <laughs> I mean, and it's it is tough. I mean, their forward pack, and I had um, another animated conversation. I seem to get myself into a lot of these um, about, <laughs> about the Canberra forward pack. And you look at their starting side; they won't have Corey Horsburgh for the early rounds, but Josh Papalihi, who looks fit uh, this year, Joe Tarpanet, who um, the last couple of times we've seen him is well. I mean, he was the best player on the field, beating Australia thirty nil for New Zealand. Um, yeah. You've got Hudson Young, Elliot Whitehead's there. Zach Hoskins come over from Penrith, who could very well yeah. take Elliot Whitehead's spot. Horsburgh, as I mentioned, um, and then just this unbelievable depth going through, which was shown in the trials. Their forward pack is so good. There's just so many Backs. question marks over their over their spine, and 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 they yeah. they they didn't have any attacking spark last year. You take your best player out of that side that didn't have any attacking yeah. spark as it is, and I don't see. I, I, who I mean, did they replace I mean, him with? Well, um, they've got they've got Kyle Weeks from Manly. They've also got Ethan Strange, who yeah, I think based yeah, on yeah. trial, based on trials and the fact that he uh, wasn't suspended um, for his indiscretion on Sunday, uh, I would say that he probably takes that sixth spot. And I mean, someone like him, if he can jump up out of the ground, he's got a, a world of potential. Um, it's like if he Savage, can jump though, up isn't and, it? Yeah, well, Savage I mean, Xavier Savage. Insane. I think they've basically shelved him and said, "No, you're not. You're not a fullback anymore." So oh, he's right. he's now in that in that lineup for the wing. Um, so again, there's question marks over who plays fullback. Sebastian Jesus. Chris is suspended. 
So there's a lot in their back line where I just don't see a lot of strike for them. There was times last year, and I don't know if White and not being there will change that, but there was times last year where they would they'd put on attacking plays and without um and Jamal Fogarty's a, a great solid halfback, but they just didn't have that person that could straighten up at the line. Yeah. And they just seemed to keep running into each other's space and they'd just back themselves into corners. A lot of their tries last year were scored off kicks or offloads, um, which yeah. doesn't doesn't their attack last year failed to click. Um, so I'm hope. I mean, I hope I'm wrong because I do love the Raiders playing. A lot of people in Australia, they're their second or third team if you if you had to pick. But I've got them in fifteenth. Yeah, exactly that. And um, yeah, I've got them for the exact same reasons, basically. Um, just because of you know, the the the, the like you say, the spine isn't really great. Like they've. Like I've got big, like you say, the forward pack's great. Corey Halls were being suspended will sting them in the first few rounds because mm. um, although there was question marks a couple of years ago about him and whether he was still up for it, I thought last year he was sensational. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like for them, Led and them. that fell forward with Papalihi and um, Tarpine. And it, it's just, they've got that, but they've got nothing to back it up with in the backs. And that, for me, is why... And put them 15th. I think they, the only reason they get higher is, like you say, because of that forward pack and the fact that it's bigger than my 14th squad, which is the Bulldogs. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Just because they're a team of <laughs> utilities. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're a team of utilities. They're, they're going to probably be playing Crichton at centre despite having him on fullbacks wages, which for me is mental. Yeah. Um, to me, he's a centre. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pay, yeah, I agree. Pay, yeah, yeah. But they should never have paid him that amount of money because <laughs> that's a lot of salary cap. And although, like, you know, he may well have stayed at Penrith if he was on centre's money, I just. it, it yeah. It's a mind boggling decision for me. He's a world class player, but if you're not going to play him where he's going to be on the ball enough, is yeah. he worth it? It's kind of like with Val Holmes on, what, 800 grand at the Cowboys from fullback yeah. money from his time in America. It's. It's that sort of weird scenario. The forwards, um, Jaden Salmon, brilliant. You know, he was playing a, I think he was playing at 13 in the trials, wasn't he? Yeah, he did. And they looked good with him at 13, yeah. actually. Ball, he's got ball, ball playing. Ball playing skills. And yeah. And he's got that. But then everything else is just utility, 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 utility. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. like, they've got a lot of players that can play a lot of roles. They've recruited. Have they got, uh, yeah. Have they got enough I mean, I, that can do one? <laughs> yeah. Um. And again, this is hard because you you go up through this ladder and I'm looking at all these teams that I've got written down in the order. And there's an argument you can make for, for most of them to make the top eight. Uh, yeah. And the Bulldogs. And the Bulldogs, I mean, if you can, if Drew Hutchison playing at halfback or Toby Sexton, I think they'll go with Drew Hutchison based on the minutes and the trials. Um, I don't know how. If he, can get, if he can get the best out of Matt Burton uh, on that left edge with Viliami Kikau and, uh, and Stephen Crichton. That's a, that's a dangerous prospect, that left edge. But by the same token, yeah, uh, I mean, you've got guys who could be starting or just or a utility at most NRL clubs that aren't going to be playing, whereas um, there's there's going to be some unproven sort of players in 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 the forward pack in particular. But uh, and but I mean, they've got good forwards. Um, they won't have Luke Thompson to start the year. Yeah. Uh, well, but... well, he's at Wigan. <laughs> Yes, true. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, they didn't have him last. They didn't have him last year, and and well, they didn't the really fill that. Didn't that. didn't fill that gap. 
Um, uh, Max King is there. He was good in trials. Samuel Hughes, there's big raps on. Um, I just think their middles aren't aren't up to the aren't, aren't yeah. up to it. Like out, outside so got, of that, outside of that, they've got a lot of class. But um, yeah, Ryan Sutton is the is the pommy I was thinking yeah. of. I yeah, thought yeah. you were thinking of him. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, Ryan Sutton. Um, and I, you know, who did play at Wien. And maybe that was why he got confused. <laughs> but yeah, he's, um, yeah, it, it, it's just not enough firepower in them props. Yeah. Just not yeah. enough. And that's why I was debating putting the Raiders ahead of the Bulldogs. Just on that basis, the fact that it could they're be. starting props. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, like you say, with all these teams, apart from the bottom two, you could have an argument for them to be anywhere from, like, from my sixth to fifteenth. You can basically have an argument for them being in the top eight. The others, yeah. I think, will be the other top five will be in the five, I reckon. But um, who's your thirteen? This is my hot take for the year. I got the Melbourne Storm. Have you? Yeah. I, th- I oh, just I can't I wait think... to come back to this at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, this could, as I said at the start, this could age terribly. Um, but and because I said the same thing last year, I said I don't think Melbourne are going to make the eight. I don't think they have the depth in their forward pack, and they end up making a prelim final. Um, <laughs> like but classic I, I, Melbourne like, Storm. So you start to think maybe this is the year. Um, but again, as we were saying with with Ricky Stewart, Craig Bellamy is one of those coaches where he kind of wants his team to be written off. And you look at their side and it's like, well, you've got Pappenhausen coming back, Sawfly Longo brained it at the end of last year, Grant Munster, Hughes, Nelson Asafa Solomona, um, uh, Christian Welsh is there, uh, The all of these amazing players. But I just don't think they have the depth beyond that um, yeah. to, to put a massive run together and get back to that premiership winning ways. I mean, the last couple of years, they haven't recruited well at all. Um, which is a strange thing for Melbourne and the players that they've lost, they haven't replaced. Like there was a big exodus of players that went to the Dolphins. Yeah, Tarek Sims um, as well leaving this Tarek year. Sim, Tarek Sims left this year. And uh, I mean, their only signing this year has been Sean Bloor, who they traded Justin Olin for at Tigers. Yeah. Um, so, and a lot of guys have come up. I mean, uh, the Brisbane Tigers won the competition in the Queensland Cup this year and they're one of their feeder clubs. There's a lot of... Uh, like Tristan Powell and Joe Chan, a lot of good forwards Joe there that Chan, just have, I, I that really haven't gone to NRL level. Yeah, oh, he's Chan, awesome. Yeah. Joe Chan, they have to give him a goal this year. Like he's had his year of bedding in. I think he made one appearance mm-hmm. towards the back end when they kind of like did a mad rotation before the prelims. Um, yep. Before the final series, I think the last game they rotated everyone and they had Joe Chan playing. But what I've seen of him at Catalan, mate, he was a great young powerful forward his line running ability in that second row is really really good he, he reads the game yeah. incredibly well i just hope that they throw him in now now Tarek sims has gone i know they brought in blow um but for me yeah. joe Chan the other is, guy is above him the other guy along with him is jack howarth who there's been yeah. massive raps on in this competition for a long time he's on a five-year five hundred thousand dollar a year deal at Melbourne, which they don't they don't recruit guys on that sort of money unless no. they see something in him. And but he, he, he is one of those players who's only played um, one NRL game, and that was at the end of last year in that, yeah, that last round against the Broncos where it was basically Wynnum versus Sunshine Coast. Um, yeah. But, it, like, there's a lot of guys that could, that you want to see 
this is I think this is a building year for the Melbourne Storm. I mean, they 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 plan this sort of really well where this year they're going to get a lot of K's into the legs of a lot of good young players, and then next year yeah. maybe go out and buy someone that can fill uh, or that can be a sort of strike outside back or something like that, and then yeah. go again and go on another long run. Yeah, exactly that. And um, you know, we've really really that's why for me I I've put them in actually my top five just because Craig Bellamy and yeah, yeah. he gets the best out of so many players. Um but my thirteen is actually the Eels, the Parrot Eels. Um just because I've got them neck. They, I've got them twelfth. Oh have you? So not far. They're staying neck and neck. The Eels for me I I thought last year they would have struggled and I called them missing the eight. They did after a grand final and this squad has got worse they signed morgan harper <laughs> what are they doing doing that <laughs> yeah okay you know? uh, i'm gonna go in and defend morgan harper here there's a lot of people and i mean i understand he's he's sort of one of those solid outside backs um but there's a lot of people that went completely off him after that that game against the sharks where sipper talakai was, that when was just talakai was just unstoppable murdered yeah. him. no he i've Nobody, nobody is tackling Sifatalakai in that game. There's a lot of this, but yeah, continue. I was just, I just thought I'd defend Morgan Harper briefly. <laughs> but yeah, just for me, they weren't, they're not good enough. They, they've not really got a dominant nine. Um, for yeah. me, you know, they, last year they got Josh Hodgson, who they should never have signed because he was always going to be... very strange recruitment. He was always going to be injured last year, and that is eventually what happened. Um they, they've just not got it for me. Um, I think they're going to go worse than last year, and that's yeah. why I put them 13th. Just because yeah. I think I think the other squads as well are slightly better. I've so, got them 12th for the same reason. Yeah, like yeah, it's just simple, isn't it? Um, I mean, one to one to 13. Other than that hooker spot, they're quality. But beyond that, like 14 to 13, 14 to 13. Yeah, Hopgood. Hopgood is and, one of the best thirteens in the comp. Yeah, yeah, and I mean Gutherson's there. Dylan Brown and Mitch Moses, one of the most dangerous halves pairing in the comp. They don't, I don't think they've got the hooker to get the best out of them. Yeah, because both of those players like to stand really wide of the ruck, and I guess Hopgood sort of helped that towards the end of the year with his ball playing from first receiver. Yeah. but when they lost Reid Marty and didn't, and and they brought Josh Hodgson in, who's a different style of hooker, they had like a crisis of identity, and since then haven't really been able yeah. to to refine their group that got them to a grand final. Yeah, exactly that, and that's why they're my 13th squad. So you're the your 12th. So I'm yep. with my 12th, and that is the Cowboys. Yep. Okay, uh, I can just see because that. Because a bit of bit of off-season sort of drama with kind of the whole captains change, and don't know whether that's media-driven, and um, whether yeah. JT is actually happy there. Then you have obviously the exodus of Leilua. Which granted they didn't really need. They've got um they've got enough cover in that second row spot to offer his wages and they've got that young lad. Um there's a few. There's Jeremiah Nanai, Hilamuki, Kefu Finafeyaki. There's a there's yeah, some it was the one I couldn't pronounce. So <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to pronounce it, so I was like, uh but I know they're gonna probably upgrade his contract. Um now they've got the salary yep. cap, they're probably gonna upgrade um oh his name there's a few there's a few uh i mean Dearden's just extended yeah Dearden's obviously they needed the cap space kind of 
wrap yeah. up these these younger talents that are that are more useful for them. Um, yeah. But I just don't know. I I think. I think there's a little bit on me because they underwhelmed me last year after yeah. a great year before that I'm just kind of deflated with them. <laughs> so yeah. so it's just like that's probably why I put them as low as I have. They have got a good squad. You know, I think Chad Townsend won't be playing much this year. Um I feel like I feel like this is his final oh, well. year before coming over to Super yeah. League. Um where he comes over here, I don't know because, you know, the Catalan Dragons seem to be full up but they they normally take the older <laughs> they, they take the high <laughs> yeah yeah so um i think it all depends on how adam clune goes at uddersfield whether he comes over and joins them yeah um but yeah i think that's going to be his final year and he, he looked off pace a lot in a lot of games last year and yeah. i feel like it's just going to be a lot more this year with, and without a dominant seven you're going to struggle in the nrl yeah um, do you want me to tell you where I've got the Cowboys, or do you want me to tell you my twelfth? Uh, tell me your your twelfth was the Eels, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, no, sorry, the next one. Um, yeah, go on, go with your eleventh. I've got I've got Cronulla. Um, Have you eleventh? Yeah, um, purely because the the same sort of argument I made about the Dragons, um, they've got a very one dimensional forward pack, and again, a good forward pack with a lot of. I think they've got the best of... forward pack in the comp. To be honest, you reckon? With a, I just, yeah. I just see a lot of solid, a lot of solid first grade front rowers and middles, and I mean Britton Nicker on the outside uh, on that right edge is going to be their big attacking threat. They've got too many weapons as well to not make finals, but I just think yeah. a lot of like, it's why they haven't managed to. They they've been in the finals the last four years and haven't won a finals game, and it's because their pack just gets rolled over. I mean, add Adam Fanua Blake into that next year, different story. I think they can win a comp. Uh, I mean, that's that's how good he is, yeah. how good a side they are. But I just think their forward pack gets dominated too much. Um, and there's there's too many sides that are hopefully going to be at full strength this year that I don't see them beating. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I put them a bit higher up. But um, personally for me, the forward pack's that good. They've got an edge back role playing centre um, who mm-hmm. shouldn't really be playing centre. <laughs> Because yeah. I don't think he's good enough defensively to play centre. He's got that strike there, but like the amount of tries he scores or creates, he then concedes twice as many. Um, that's my yeah, only. They had that problem Talakai. last year. They they just removed the entire left edge basically and, and yeah. replaced them all. So it's like um, that's my only problem with Canola. But my eleventh is actually the ninth. Um, okay. I thought they overachieved last year massively. Um, and I feel like this year might be a crash back down to earth. It all depends on that number one, on Kalen Ponga. If Kalen yeah. Ponga's on fire, they can they could win a premiership. Like he is that yeah. kind of a player. Um, yeah. But the problem is keeping him fit. That's my yeah, simple. I think answer. I've just took the guess that he's not going to be for the <laughs> for fifty percent of the season. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, they they made a mistake last year putting him at six. Um, because if he's at fullback, and I mean, a lot of th- different things can go wrong in a yeah. game of rugby league. But if he's fullback and isn't defending in the front line and gets knocked out, who knows what they could have done with that form that he had last year? Um, I've got them a bit higher, but we'll get to that, I guess. My yeah, what are we at now? Tenth. Yeah, your my tenth. tenth. My tenth is the Dolphins. Um, is it? I had them. I had them in my eight before Tom Gilbert was injured yeah on the, um, on the yeah that, that he, was the he one is I such a big loss yeah 
He's such a big loss um, and name drop here, but I was talking to Corey Parker a couple of days ago. Um, The way they played last year, he epitomizes that. Everything about them, uh, um, just the effort areas, getting through your sets, ball control. Um, He's that solid 13, the clean, does all of the cleanup work in the middle, doesn't miss his tackles, doesn't shirk his effort. Um, He led the way for them at the start of last year. And there's no coincidence that, when he got injured in state of origin, that's when the slide sort of started to happen for the Dolphins. So yeah. and I think they'll improve. I mean, they've got more strikeout wide. Tom Flegler in the middle of the field. Flegler's um, crazy. He was, he, was, he was awesome in the grand final um, for the Broncos. Uh, a full season under the belt of Isaiah Katoa, um, the young six or seven, wherever they decide to play him. Hopefully a yeah. full season with Jeremy Marshall King. But I just think the loss of Tom Gilbert is really going to expose, again, their forward depth, which is the same thing that happened last year. Uh, yeah, great, great reasons. Uh, I think the only problem with the Dolphins is that seven spot because with O'Sullivan and kind of his fitness, Nick Arima, I don't think... <sighs> whether they play Nick Arima at six, Katoa at seven, like yeah. um, like he was playing at the World Cup, I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a tough one with Dolphins. They are in my eight, um, but that's only because I, I, I've just got... He's Wayne Bennett in it, and yeah. and he seems to always he's get like, best in bad scenarios. His last year, allegedly, um, coaching the Dolphins. So I think it all depends with this new expansion team because he's going to get the new expansion team. It's just when, yeah. whether yeah. it comes in this year or next. Where year. it is and when it is, yeah. So my tenth is actually the Warriors. Okay. So the reason that is, can Sean Johnson replicate what he did last year? That season came out of the blue. He was declining for the past two years prior to that. And I tipped them for the bottom four last year. And then Sean Johnson rolled back the years. And he should have yeah, won Dahlia. He should have won it. Um, <laughs> and he didn't. <laughs> and, uh, as good yeah. as that run was, he was leading the whole year. And then Caleb Ponger in the last two rounds just overtakes him. Um, yeah. Phenomenal. And that forward pack, like say with Fanua Blake and that, unreal. You, you've got an argument for them being in the top four, but it's whether he can replicate that. And having Roger Tavares Shek back in at centre, he'll be a gun player, but there's still that question mark of he's playing in a position that's not necessarily natural to him. I know yeah. he played it towards yeah. the back end of when he was leaving because Reese Walsh was playing fullback and they thought that was the future. Obviously it was never going to happen. He was always going to go back to Brisbane. And yeah, I just think it's all reliant on whether he can roll back the years yet again. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that argument again. I'll, I'll get to my points on the Warriors a little bit later. Yeah. It's like we said though, there's arguments for them being for every single team. Yeah. So it is, These ladder predictors are always ridiculous because you always end up looking a right tit at the end of it. So. Yeah, yeah. And and you for every one prediction that's sort of out of the blue that you get right, there's going to be a, the, the, yeah, the other three or four that, that are like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, crack on with your number nine. Who's just my gonna nine? Be- um, I've got the Titans. Um, I thought. Yeah. I mean, I got put on. I got put on on um on the spot on radio a couple of weeks ago uh, for a bold prediction. And we'd just been talking about the Titans. So they were fresh in my mind. <laughs> I said, you know what? 
fuck it. The Titans are going to make the grand final. Um, I don't think they're going to. Uh, <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was some so there worrying is a, there, is, there is a part on Aussie radio with you going, the Titans are going to make the final. I need to find yes, if you can, Yeah, if you can find it, um, save it and play it on grand final day. Because if they're there, I'm going to look like a genius. Um, <laughs> there, were, there was some really <laughs> worrying signs. Team, you're going to look a right Muffet. <laughs> yeah. Um, against Parramatta. Um, and I thought, I mean, I thought against the Dolphins in an understrength team, the Des Hasler fingerprints were all over that side and the way they defended and battled for the entire 80 minutes. But then they come out against Parramatta and that first half was was pretty embarrassing, really, in, in defensively. Yeah. And that's the area that they need to improve. That's the area I think Des Hasler can improve for them. Yeah. And, I mean, their pack, pound for pound with most other teams in the comp, is and you add Keenan Palace. Add Keenan Palacier into that. Hopefully, a full year out, out of Sam Verrill as a hooker. Um, I, I'm yeah, just he not must so be the most injury-prone yeah. person in that league, yeah. bar Tom Turbo. Yeah, a former Rooster as well. Um, so I was sad to see him go, and and sad to see him injured. Um, their forward pack's so good. They've got so much strikeout wide. I'm a little yeah. bit concerned about their halves. Um, Kieran yeah, Foran. Foran. Kieran, Kieran Foran fit can probably take them to the top eight, but it's if Kieran Foran can't get through a full season. And I mean, he was playing on one leg and with one yeah. arm and with half a rib cage last year. Um, like he, he's so tough, t- too tough for his own good, really. And also Tanner Boyd, can, uh, he, he has shown signs of being a really good halfback in the NRL, but he's also not been able to find that consistency. And I thought he would get that with Kieran Foran there last year, but still yet to see that so that's the question mark over the titans that sees them just missing the eight for me yeah yeah that's fair reasons uh i put them in a little bit higher up i put manly in at my nine yeah just i've never seen a one man in one man team quite like the manly sea eagles <laughs> yeah like there's there's no other way to describe them it, um, it's it's and it's it for that exact matter. reason i put them eight I mean, it's, yeah. it, he's that good. Tom Trebojevic is that good. See, that's but... why I've got them ninth, because I think he'll stay fit for the majority of the first half of the year, and then he'll get injured, and then they'll drop off. So that's why I put them ninth. I feel like they'll just be there, but I actually think the acquisition of Luke Brooks is very, very mm-hmm. good, because mm-hmm. I think him playing, rather than playing seven, playing with um, DCE and playing that, you know, I'm just going to run the ball rather than mm-hmm. the fuck around that he had at the West. Yeah. That's going to unlock a different Luke Brooks to what we've seen for the past few years. That's going to unlock the, was it 2017, 2018 Luke Brooks? Were the one the one that, where he was the best half-back. halfback in the competition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's what, we, we know he can do that. Yeah. Um, so he's yeah. got the ability to do it. It's just unlocking yeah. that and being with DCE. He'll just sit back, organised, have the kicking game, and he can just run, do his thing. I yeah. think that's gonna that's gonna see them be a different opposition for most teams, and it's just that number one spot. If he yeah. stays the, fit, if he stays fit, yeah. they could win the league. <laughs> it's yeah, like Newcastle. It, it's, it's it's all in one player. It is simple as that. I think with the thing with Luke Brooks as well, like I think people have forgotten how good he is because of the horror last five or six years at the Tigers. Yeah. And the other thing people forget here, I, and I heard him talking on a podcast with Matty Johns and Cooper Johns recently. Um, yeah. Uh, yesterday, I think it was about 
how hard it was for him. Because remember at the Tigers, he was part of that big four that were going to... Yeah. Like, they just finished ninth. Just They were a win away from finals. They had Mitch Moses there and Brooksy in the halves. Um, Aaron Woods there, who had just come on, to, like, burst onto the scene, and James Tedesco. Yeah. And they were building, but they had other solid players around them, like David Nopaluma comes to mind. Um, yeah. And he still wanted to train at the club. Um, <laughs> and not being at Salford. Yeah, or hungover. Um, so, I mean, the, and people have forgotten how good Luke Brooks is, and yet what you said about him playing alongside Daly Cherry Evans is going to bring back that ability for him to just back himself and play that running style of footy where he's at his best, and which Appy Coruscant got out of him in patches last year before he tore his hamstring. So I'm yeah. hoping to see that from hoping to see that from Luke Brooks. Um, also hoping to see a full year out of Josh Schuster because that's going to add some strike. They've got I saw an yeah, article today had, that it was a weird year for him last year because they were like, oh yeah, yeah. you're going to be our six. They put him on six money and then they moved him back as an edge back roller. Yeah, he's on a lot of money for an edge back roller. So the pressure's on him to perform. Yeah. And and he's had a tough off-season as well. Uh, I think he's had chicken pox. He's had a car oh, issue. He, yeah, yeah. He's not heading to um to the to Las Vegas while he's dealing with that. And he's also been dealing with his inquest into the death of one of his best mates. So it's oh, been a tough no. off-season for Josh Schuster. Um, I'm hoping to see the best out of him. I think playing alongside Luke Brooks on that edge when he gets on the field, we will see the best out of him. They've got arguably the fastest back five in the competition with Saab, Tom Trebojevic at full yeah. flight, Garrick, Tolu Kola, uh, and whoever they decide to go with. Uh, they've gone with Jackson Polo in the, um, for, for the first round on that wing. Um, so And Hamale Olukawatu, if he can re- replicate what he did last year, um, yeah. I think Manly, Manly can yeah, make a run to that finals and, and be around that eighth spot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think we nailed pretty much Manly in, in a spot. I think, uh, yeah, just a one-man team. And in my eight, because you've already done your eight, I've got the Finns, the Dolphins. Finns up, boy. Finns up. <laughs> um, oh, I, I have. I think I have a few of them somewhere. Um, I'll, try, I'll try and find them for one of the future podcasts from the start Simple. of the season. Um, <laughs> just because, like you said before, but I think, Having Hammer at fullback and keeping him at fullback, yeah, it, it's a different player. As, it was a weird as, couple of games last year where they tried him at centre and put Nicarima at fullback. Yeah, and it just and it was why? just strange. Then, I mean, that, he's your marquee like, player. But that sort of triggered the downfall last year as well because yeah. it was like they were they were so good with him at fullback. I think it was like about game ten and they won the first eight or something like that, ridiculous. And then they just like went like he scored in a, in in every eight game and then they moved him to centre and it was like, what? what's yeah. going on? Why have you moved your gun player who's in form to centres? Yeah. And it was just like dead weird. And Oh, no, it was after State of Origin, the first State of Origin when he played. He play, I mean, he played centre in, in State of Origin. Yeah, he played well. That's just to get your, the best best 17 players best on the field. In, um, yeah, you don't yeah, do yeah. that NRL level. No, and, and it was just like, he was so underutilised during that period that, you know, it for me, it, He's got enough to get them in, but their forward pack, as much as the loss is, you know, I, I, I still think they've got a great pack. And that Flegler edition is just yeah. how how they managed to do it. Obviously, with salary cap issues, and yeah. they had the choice between Flegler and Haas probably to renew because <laughs> Haas is yeah. that mega deal last year, didn't want him going to Union. So, you know, that's why I put them in the. Uh, I think. 
Wayne Bennett as well. You can't underestimate it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then, again, yeah. we've said you it said many it times. <laughs> we've said it many times. There is an argument for every yeah. single team to be in the eight. And who's your seventh? I've got the Cowboys seventh. Okay. Um, I, I thought I thought last year was a blip on the radar, um, and they'll get back to. Uh, I thought at the start of last year because the way they played in twenty twenty two was so brilliant. Um, they were then, just yeah, especially compared to the played. year before when they finished second bottom. Yeah, I think they tried to pick up where they left off at the start of last year and forgot about the the simple parts of the game that had gotten to gotten them to a point where they could play like that. Yeah. Um, which and so I, I just think and Todd Payton's such a good coach. He drilled them so hard to get them to the point they were at in twenty twenty two. I think he's gonna do that again for twenty twenty four. Um I, I genuinely I think the Cowboys could even be a top four team if they put a run together. But what we yeah. what you mentioned before with Chad Townsend um, is, yeah, it, that's the point of contention. And there's, I think there's Jay- that shortage of halfbacks as well over in the NRL. Oh, there is. And the Cowboys have got three quality ones there, like Jake Clifford coming back and Tom Duffy, a young player who's got a lot of big raps. Um, yeah. Who, like if, if Chad Townsend isn't performing, and you've got Tom Dearden there, who's the future of your club. You you can potentially shift him to seven and bring one of those younger guys in. Um, to or play just six. stick Clifford in at seven. Or, like or play Clifford that. at seven. Yeah. So there's there is options there. Um, and I think also Jason Tomololo without the captaincy, I think he'll we'll, he's going to have a big year. We'll back him to get back to. Yeah, his it best seems and, like they're going to be playing in more prop as well from that the trials. Time. Yeah, he's been he was named in prop for the second week of the um, trials. Um, and Ruben Cotter at lock, which I think is probably the best makeup for their pack. Um, yeah. And as as we as you mentioned before, there's so many they they just have a plethora of amazing back rollers up there that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll finish in the. I still uh, can't believe how and, young Nana is. Make a push. I still can't yeah. believe how young he is, and he, yeah. he he plays so much. So like when he got he got rookie of the year didn't he at 19, and like he just yeah. played a book his pay grade so and much and you saw him get like he got picked in origin last year off the back of not playing a game for three weeks because he'd been suspended yeah. for a dangerous and gets picked in origin and played the way he did um i mean he was he was arguably one of their best in, in game two last yeah. year uh to wrap up the series so yeah he's he's if he can put a full year of footy together um it, it's a scary proposition exactly that uh, my seven is the sharks um, just because I like I like sea creatures and I think they should make the uh, <laughs> they should make it. Yeah, well, apart from the sea two, eagles, they're not two they're from not. two. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I've got Cronulla there. Like I said before, forward packs, genuinely a big beefy pack. Um, it sets that foundation. Nikora is unreal. Um, the fact that you know the Warriors got rid of him, um, is yeah, and boggling to me because he is yeah one of the best edge back rowers in the comp, um, and yeah, I, I just I, I can just see them just scraping in the the top eight yeah um just because of that and sometimes you know with with the NRL being quite one dimensional is sometimes very good um with the yeah. style of play over there you've seen it in the World Cup Challenge with Penrith the got beat by not taking the chances and Wigan took yeah. their chance as well. That's kind of it's similar Penrith to... Penrith almost had too many options. 
Yeah, exactly. So being one-dimensional can sometimes be good over there. So that's why I thought they'll sneak into the eight. And yeah, we, we said it all before, really, with them. Yeah. Oh, I think I also think Nico Hines and Braden Trindle's combination is going to be interesting. Yeah. Like the Sharks the Sharks last year were a, an amazing attacking side, and some of those the, the sweeps and shifts to both edges that they put on were just so slick with Matty Moylan yeah. there with, with Nico Hines. Um, I think Trindle's going to be a different type of halves partner. He's probably going to take more control, which means Nico can probably run the ball more, which yeah. could be better for them. Um, so, again, it's one of those arguments of if they play at their best, they're very easily a top four team. Yeah, exactly. So, what's your number six? I've got Newcastle um, for, as we had with Manly, for the reason that Okay. Ponga, even if he plays at 90% of what he played at the end of last year for a full season, um, I think that's going to be enough to get them in. The other thing is they've got a great forward pack. I mean, behind the two Daniel Safidi brothers, you've got Leo Thompson, who's exploded as one of those. Like last year, out of necessity, he needed to play well, and he did. Uh, you've also got Matt Croker there. Um, Jack Hetherington, if he can stay on the field, stop taking people's heads off. He's going to be a great middle option. Um, I thought Lem letting Lachlan Fitzgibbon go at the end of last year was weird. Uh, yeah. like, I don't I don't think it was at a point where, or even him going to the Super League, like I think Lachlan Fitzgibbon could have gotten an NRL deal somewhere. I mean, you look at Melbourne, who we've spoken about, who have a lack of outside or, or edge forwards, like Lachlan Fitzgibbon would fit in perfectly. It's kind of like, but... like when Saints signed Curtis Sirenen. That was just kind of, he wanted yeah, to when he was Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought that was... But then you've got this, and I, ha- I haven't seen a lot of him play. But what I have seen of Kai Pierce Paul, um, yeah, he looks like he's going to be a ha- he looks like he's going to be a handful. Will Price Will was awesome Price. in the trials, and uh, and they've also signed Jack Cogger from Newcastle well, it, uh, from Penrith, who who will be. I don't know if he's going to play on the bench. I don't see him as that sort of role in this Knights team. Um, yeah. But if I mean if Jackson Hastings goes down, you've got a Premiership winning halfback basically there that can yeah. come in and fill that slot which sounds really weird from an english fan's perspective because he was shit when he was at Huddersfield. he had two years yeah. at Huddersfield. jack cogger he, i remember a game against saints he got simbin twice for the exact same incident <laughs> it was like oh mate it was like you've had a stinker and then when it was like oh Penrith have signed him i was like what <laughs> Yeah, sin. and then he's a pretty Premiership winning halfback, and then he basically like, wins them, wins them the comp. Uh, well, exactly. Coming on, so, yeah, it's my a mind-boggling three-year period for him, and yeah, you know what? It it could well happen, and we have the argument with every team. So I've stuck the Titans in at six, just because Tino. Yeah, big Tino yeah. can win you a game. And having David Fafita there, he needs to kick on for me. He needs to start earning his pay, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't do enough um, for the money he's on. Like, yeah, if he turns it on, he can win you a game. But yeah. how often does he turn it on? That, for me, is when, you know, we, we had the problem under Holbrook of where do you play him? Do you play him at centre? Do you play him at second row? He is a second yeah. row, but... He he needs to work on that defensive game, and I think having Des Hasler there instead of Holbrook will improve that and hopefully unlock that defensive ability that can turn him into a real force. Yeah. Of the NRA. And the, and the problem with like when he was there with Justin Holbrook is that he he'd have six or seven runs a game and be devastating yeah. with that six or seven runs a game, but it would be 
in the sort of second 20 yeah. meter tram line. It, yeah, like, he wouldn't yeah. leave. He wouldn't leave there. Um, yeah. Whereas this year, like I mean, last year there were signs and his his runs, average carries per game were up, um, and there were signs of him like learning the nuances of being a good edge back rower and when to come under, when to stay wide, when to take a, a, a tough carry out of your own end. So I think, yeah. and also you throw both for more coming back into the side there, who was on the cusp of playing State of Origin before he did his ACL in last year's preseason. Um, I think yeah, that they, 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 they've got pound for pound one of the better packs in the comp. Exactly, and um, yeah, I, I just think obviously last year under Holbrook, kind of that first half was, you know, they if if you ended the game at halftime, they would have been premiers. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they yeah, won yeah. every game every first half they won and then the second half that stamina yeah. and fatigue would just be yeah just, and des, des just Hasler is gonna des hasler will not let that happen exactly. i mean they did show that against Parramatta, where they they start they didn't go away in the second half they trial. just didn't start they're, well they're the trial we they're only trial a trial. if you win yeah it's 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 a proper game <laughs> if you lose so you win you win a hundred grand yeah, that's why Penrith were like, oh, it's only a trial whenever they lose a World Cup challenge, despite being <laughs> distraught on the pitch. Um, but, yeah. you know, we uh, we move on to fifth spot. Now, there's not many teams left. There's only five. Who are them five? My number five is South Sydney. Okay. Uh, I, think, I think they're going to push for the top four. Um, similar boat for the Cowboys. I mean, they led the comp last year and their defence was holding up brilliantly. Latrell Mitchell was in awesome form. That left edge was clicking. Lachlan Elias looked good. Um, they had a few young forwards coming through, like Top of the league after and, what? and Davin Marley. It was after 10, 10 or 11 rounds, just before Origin, really. Yeah. Then Latrell Mitchell goes into Origin camp, has a calf injury, which just keeps compounding itself, yeah. uh, which meant he didn't play a lot of footy in the back end of the year. And also meant... And yes, and then they had off-field issues with, uh, with Sam Burgess leaving the club. Yeah. Um, and and Early. some questions of some questions of their culture, and it all just sort of snowballed into one of the one of the great capitulations of a of an NRL season that we've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. And it was so weird because, like you say, after eleven rounds being top of the league, that has I don't think that's ever happened in NRL history. There's no way after eleven rounds someone can you know capitulate that sort of science that uh, that big like yeah capitulate on that sort of scale i've put the storm um i know you put them in 13th but i it's craig bellamy and he gets the best out of what he it, has and it's, it's melbourne, melbourne. Yeah, like, yeah you can't like it's very rare melbourne concede more than two three tries they are very strong defensively and having Pappenhausen back if they can keep him fit Mate, that's like a new signing completely. He last yep. year looked incredible in them early rounds. Um, was it last year where he scored four tries in like the first half or something ridiculous? Uh, that was that was um, that was a that was the start of twenty two, I think. It was was against, it? Was it that and it was against ago? the Broncos. Yeah, well, because it, halfway through twenty twenty two is when he exploded his kneecap. Um, oh, and yeah, missed and a lot of like, last year. Then yeah, came back yeah. in and looked sharp again, and, and then had that really terrible ankle injury. Oh um, yeah. So they've had really t- two years without him. Um, so and it, it's going to be so it's going to be so good to see him back. I mean, he is so he's good so for the game. So as well in the trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt watching that game against the Broncos when he um 
he went down with that ankle. Like every, I was watching it in a pub in Brizzy, and just, even the Brisbane fans, yeah. you just felt everyone in the pub go quiet. It was it's so like second game upsetting. Well. Like, like you felt sick seeing Ryan Patton yeah. doesn't go down the way he did. Um, so yeah, praying for him to have a have a massive massive season. So that's why they're my fifth. Craig Bellamy and Ryan Pappenhausen. Dead simple. And hopefully yep. they give a couple of the younger players a shout like Joe Chan. And who's your top four? Who's your fourth pick? My fourth pick, I've got the Sydney Roosters, my team. Um, yeah. We're always the best team on paper, it seems. Um, but we've just got to convert See, that. Everyone results. said that last year, but I was looking at it on paper. I was like, mm, not really. But then yeah. last year, a lot of your younger players, like Terrell May came through, Siva Wong. Yep. Um, yeah. Oh, them two. This year, I'm looking at them in a yep. completely different light. So last Still year, I was, name like, to going, start for I was like, they're overrated. They're overrated. And then this year, I'm looking at them going, actually, they've got quite a lot of depth. Because how, yeah. like, um, I was listening to the buy round where they were doing theirs, and they were like, Mate, the the squad depth in the edge back rowers and the forward pack is like really quite good. Like Terrell May wouldn't have made the seventeen in like the picks. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it, like they are very very good in the forward pack. So that's why I've actually put them third. So spoiler, yeah. they're in my top three. Um, um for them. One guys. of the things that always concerns me about the Roosters, it has been really since Mitchell Pearce, uh, since Cooper Cronk. Um, left is the kicking game. I mean, we don't have one of those players. Like, you look at um, Penrith have got Nathan Cleary. Parramatta have got Mitchell Moses. Broncos have got Adam Reynolds. Um, they've all, all these teams have got players that can kick t- kick them out of trouble. Um, whereas the Roosters, uh, like, you look at Sam Walker and Luke Cleary, great short kicking games. But if the forward pack's being dominated, no matter how good the forward pack is, um, the, the forward pack's going to get dominated at some point yeah. throughout the season. And you can't that we've the last few years we've really struggled to kick our way out of trouble um, in in those sort of games, which is is one area of concern for me. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you look at the signings coming in. Um, I mean, there's going to be a world where Billy Smith or Daniel Tupo probably miss out on an NRL spot this year. Connor Watson, Connor Watson isn't named Angus Crichton aren't named this weekend. Well, um, yeah. It's 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 a some of the depth in this squad is outstanding. It's just you've got, a few little concerns. You've got um obviously even like your wings. You've signed Dom Young. He yeah. is he like as an English lad, he was incredible for us. Um, he is six yeah. foot seven, rapid. He he, he will create so athletic. Some of the finishes this year, oh, last year. Um. We all know that try. The one. The he, one. Where he, he his whole body was out, and like he was twisting, turning, and it was incredible. And um, he he will be completely different. You've also got who will kick on, not this year but next year. He'll have a year in your um, reserves, I believe. Is Lewis Murphy on the wing? Another English yeah. lad. He yeah. He for Wakefield is such a raw talent. Um, like Saints had an agreement with Wakefield, with him, that he would come and join Saints. Um, this so, was, what, back end of 2022. That That's why when Regan Grace left, we had Lewis Murphy coming in. But because, obviously, you can't do things and sign contracts until then, the Roosters came in and went, actually, you know what? Out of the blue, we're going to come Sydney Harbour. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, would you rather have St. Helens or Sydney Harbour? What would you rather have? Bondi or Blackpool? 
Um, they're, they're your choices, pal. So it's a pretty easy uh, one. Um, you've just on uh, you've just reignited a memory for me of Blackpool. Did you, did you ever see Blackpool Grime Media? Yeah, 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 BGM Media. Yeah, I, that's, you've just reignited <laughs> that memory for me. Um, oh. Little T and who was the other one? Uh, there was a few. Yeah, there was loads. But uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's an entirely different podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, it is. You've got a lot of depth even in the backs, and yeah. he, for me, he's one for like when Daniel Tupo goes at the end of this year because I can't yeah. see him getting another spot the year yeah. after. There was even links with him in Saints last year, um, but you know he ended up signing a one-year deal, and I think that'll be run its course. So you'll probably have Lewis Murphy coming in then. The Alex Young one just seems, from an outsider perspective, as a salary cap fiddle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems like from the English game, it just seems like wow. publicity stunt. Well, he's played Championship and League One. Uh, his only year in League One, he got relegated. <laughs> in in Championship, he got relegated. So, like from an outsider point of view, that's a case of have they brought him in just to put a couple hundred grand in his back pocket <laughs> for a dog? That's yeah. what it looks like from the outside. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you mean, never I'm... know. You never know. Um, he might suit the style of the NRL. I'm an optimist. <laughs> but my fourth pick was the Bunnies, for the similar reasons yeah. that you said. Um, yeah, Latrell Mitchell, Jack Whiten. You yeah. know, you can, if Mitchell's injured, do you slot Whiten in at fullback and can play centre? Or do you slot Whiten in at fullback and have Mitchell at centre? Um, yeah. You know, it, it, you've got so many strike options from that back row now, uh, from the um, backs now. That yeah. there's a lot of playmaking ability there. Um, adding to that, obviously, Damien Cook at nine, and you know, even the forward pack like um, Kalol Matongi for me is the best oh, edge he's... back row for me. He is yeah. fucking so good. And yeah, yeah, that's why. He, that's he, why yeah, he can skittle teams on his own. There was a weird stage last year where they tried playing him yeah, through the middle. Um, and that was yeah, and it, that, that was just strange. Um, I, I got very scientific with mine. Part of the reason I've got the Rabbitohs fifth is because um, Whiten, a lot of those outside backs are going to miss a fair bit of footy at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, Whiten, uh, Jack Whiten has got that suspension from the finals last year Yeah. Um, where he allegedly bit Tyson Gamble. Um, from all reports, if you hung out with Tyson Gamble, you'd probably try and bite him to shut him up as well. Um, <laughs> from people, <laughs> from, dad from people always, whenever he goes on the pitch, he's like, I hate him. He's got a face he loves to smack. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> um, so, a great footballer, but from what I've heard, um, can be a pain in the ass. Um, and yeah, so I, I mean, Campbell Graham, Tyron Munro also injured, but yeah, South Sydney, um, if they can put a full season of footy together, they're too good not yeah. to not to be competing and, in the, and, and also uh, back they, end of the year. Jason Dimitri being under vast pressure, I think, will kind of they have to perform. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and by all reports, like guys like Cam Murray are hurting from last year and the way yeah. that and the way that things went last year. Guys like Latrell Mitchell are hurting from last year. So um yeah, they'll they'll yeah. improve. And was that uh, you haven't done your third pick? Man, no, you had the roosters. Who was yours? I got the Brisbane Broncos in third. Um, nice. I just think like this top four um, can be. It could be of, anywhere. It could be in any order. Um, 
they're hungry. I was at their season launch a couple of weeks ago and there's like, there's a steeliness about Kevin Walters this year where he wants to go one better. Um, yeah. And, uh, and there's also a quiet confidence though. Like, and this, this group is so young. They'd sort of, they sort of strut their stuff everywhere they go. Um, and sometimes it can get them in trouble if people are filming when they're doing doggy piles or whatever. But I mean, they're a tight group. The depth across all their positions is really good. Um, a, a few months ago, I was thinking like the, the Farmworth and the Flegler losses were going to be massive, but they've covered them well. I mean, Fletcher Baker's come into the side. Uh, Kurt Capewell leaving as well and Kenan Palacio. Yeah. Um, they're two big ones um, for depth, but they've got depth and they've got young guys that can cover it. Um, like I think we're going to see a massive year from Brendan Piakura, who showed signs last year, um, and he's got all the makings. But then, like, th- there's this bloke called Ben Takura, who's six foot a thousand, um, <laughs> 100, 120 kilos, footwork, 18 years old. He's going to be a superstar. Um, Is he the one that's just... the... I think they did an article, not an article, but they did like a, a, like a, they put a picture of him and isn't he like six foot nine or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. enormous. Um, then if you go onto Blake Moses' Instagram, there's a photo of him sitting in the back of a car. Um, <laughs> if, if you need a laugh, go there um, on, on Blake Moses' Instagram. But yeah, I, I just, I, I can see the Broncos being there on the last day of the year again. Um, they're too yeah. good not to be. Yeah. Um, well, let well if we're doing two and one, let's go one then two. Who are your minor premiers? I've got Penrith going again. Yeah. They're just that good. They're just that good. Um, and I mean, I don't read too much into the World Club Challenge. I know that they were up for it and they didn't play as well as they probably wanted to play. But um, you look at their side well, and they get, I've got a, the depth uh, across key positions that they've got. Yeah. Oh, mate, it's ridiculous. Um, and and the fact that they're all homegrown near enough they've, yeah they've just got this they've, they've just got this got conveyor this, belt of like boom, that, yeah you got yeah. rid of someone oh we'll bring someone back in and and it's just like you look at the players that have gone like hopgood left because he couldn't get a game that's like the standard and, of junior and, and now he's in the origin of. squad yeah that's the yeah. standard of junior that they're getting rid of yeah like what's yeah. coming up <laughs> like steven steven crichton steven crichton's left talent maze there sort of thing yeah um, yeah like, they, like Stephen Crichton's left, Jerome Luai's left, so leaving next year. So I'm excited to see who's going to come through in that spot. And they've also covered it, like, in the outside backs, they've signed Paul Alamotti from the Dogs. Yeah. In the halves, they've signed Brad Schneider from the Raiders. Um, they've signed Riley Price, who's a really even, highly even rated player like from Dan North Laurie Queensland. Back. And Dan Laurie coming back to the to, to the club. Like, um, yeah, they're, they're just, they're too good. I can very easily see them doing four in a row. Well, yeah, um, my yeah, literally the the mine. Well, my number one is Brisbane. Um, yeah, just for the reasons you said, Reese Walsh, strike player, gun player, and then you've got you know you add into that, um, you you add into that obviously the the, the likes of Payne Haas and the firepower they've got up top. You've got um, what's his name? Ah, we said him before. Ezra Mam, Adam Reynolds, Ez, uh, Adam Walters. Ez, uh, Adam yeah. Reynolds and Ezra Mam, six and seven. Like Ezra Mam put in the best grand final performance you will ever see from a halfback. And then Nathan Cleary just went, nah, hold my beer. I'm going to put in the greatest 20 minutes of any grand final ever. I Ezra Mam was on his way for getting the, the Dali, uh, not Dali, um, the Clyde, Clyde Churchill, Churchill medal. Yeah. 
And he was on his way to getting that. And then Nathan Cleary just went, nope. Um, yeah. I'm going to put in the best 20 minutes ever. And for me, he is such a good young player. They did well to renew him. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And the fact that, you know, we're, we're sat here talking about Brisbane and they've been such a slow mover from that wooden spoon year. So they've yeah. they've slowly developed and developed up and, and improved yeah. over time. They haven't gone like some teams, like, for example, the Cowboys that went second, bump. At second bottom to second to then slowly dropping down and whether they drop down yeah. again or drop up, you don't know. Whereas Brisbane have gone bottom. I think they went 10th, 8th, uh, ninth, and then last year, obviously, they had the good year. Yeah. And then it's just like, and it's, they're doing it's it the been right sustainable, way. It's been sustainable building too. Like, yeah. Kevin Walters came to the club. Dave Donahue came to the club in it's 2020 um, as as the CEO. And they've sort, of, they've sort of gutted the place and gone like, Kevin Walters had a big exodus at the end of 2022 of players. Yeah. And you can see that he's starting to get the squad that he wants. Um, so it's that sort of sustainable building, which is going to, again, have sustainable success. Whereas you won't have sugar hits, like potentially like what the Cowboys had a couple yeah. of years ago and, and teams like that, where they make the finals once and then that's sort of enough for the next little period. The Broncos have built really well. And I think, yeah, they're primed for success over the next half a decade and next end this season. Well, exactly that. And, yeah, that's why they're my number one. And my number two are obviously the Penrith Panthers, just yep. because um, they had it last year when we beat them over on their soil. Saints had it as well. The World Cup yep. Challenge slump, I truly believe, is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the Roosters did so, it. Like, it genuinely yeah. is. There, yep. there is. Yeah. There is always a slump when the two teams participate in that game. So yeah. whether the Aussie media say, oh, it's only a trial game, or, you know, Penrith go, out. Oh, it's only a trial game if they lose, or this, that, and the other. It does take it out of them. Um, whether that is coming over to England or what, I don't know. Or even like us last year when we went over there, um, the Aussies, like Penrith went on and I think they lost two of the first three. Yeah, which they is, weren't like, great at the really start of the rare. season, and they covered and, that loss. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and then they slowly built up. So I think they'll have that slump again. Um, but I think with travelling over the other side of the world, it'll affect them a little bit longer. So that's yeah. why I think they will not be able to make up enough ground like they did last year to win the minor premiers. Yep. So yeah. they're my reasons. And like you say, their squad is just unreal. And that can be about the talent. It's like Saints and Wigan over here. We just seem to keep producing youngsters. They seem to have the same thing. They've got, um, by the West Tigers, I think they've got the biggest catchment area in Australia as well for the um, obviously Brisbane yeah uh, yeah like it's just weird oh, but there's, like, there's stretches all out over country New South Wales um, yeah exactly some of like guys like Azaio um, Matt Burton have come through that system yeah and, and from country New South Wales it's yeah it's what they've built out there is really quite impressive and it's amazing for the game as well yeah exactly and and you know you only have to look at the state of origin side of New South Wales that had what seven or eight representatives yeah, that yeah, had like all yeah. pretty much come through the academy there and then you, you go yeah. into like even former Panthers you go into well yeah because Hopgood played so there was eight representatives all from that academy in the New South Wales team that is yeah. ridiculous that's like having the yeah. Indian squad and having most of them from Saints and Wigan like normally it's, yeah. it's that conveyor belt of you know talent yeah. and you just can't get away from how vital that is it's cheap as well 
for the for the yeah. value you get back off them. And yeah, I think they'll go four on the bounce as well. And I think they'll I think they'll carry on winning titles. Yep. Yeah, I can. You only have 100% to look over, say the, that. over the past couple of years. I mean, they've lost what? They've lost over. I think I saw. Squad in I the saw last two three years or something like that. Yeah. And I thought and, I and saw. And that squad uh, they lost would have been <laughs> challenging as well. Yeah. 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 Um, and just to put it into perspective, I can't, this is going to annoy me because I can't remember the exact number, but I saw, um, a statistic about Stephen Crichton and he's been playing in the NRL since 2019. And I think he's lost eight games of NRL football. Yeah. Which is, it was eight or nine or something. Single yeah. fingers, single Jerome digits. Is still on like 90% of NRL losses. Yeah. Win record, isn't he? Or something yeah. like that. And I'll yeah. have to go on Rugby League Project and double-check that later, but I'm certain he's got, like, a, a high 80s, 90% win record, which is yeah. an unreal stat, especially when you consider, like, people say about him going, oh, you know, he's, he's nothing without Nathan Cleary. I'm trying to say he's a flat-track bully. I mean, yeah, there's times when like he can, seven games there's times year, he can be. There's times when he can be, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, there is times when he can be, but at yeah. the same time, he, of his own accord, is, is is a seriously impressive footballer. And I think I think moving to the Tigers is the best option for him, just because he's underutilised in that Penrith outfit. So, for me, you seen it at the World Cup with Samoa. Milford did yeah. absolutely naff all. I don't know what the English media were doing, because he got man of the match in one game. And I have no idea how he did because he didn't do anything in the game. Like it was all Jerome Luai. And Jerome yeah, Luai dragged them. Yeah. Two positions at six and seven, dragging them through to a World Cup final. And the yeah. fact that they've got someone like him as like a, a not even the main man is ridiculous. So I think yeah. him. Going and that's to- another argument for them. I mean, oh, you look yeah. at the Penrith players in that the Penrith players in that Samoan team in the World Cup that have made a World Cup final. Um, yeah. and I mean, I mean, matched up pretty well with the Tongo, Taho, Blue yeah. Eye, yeah, Crichton there, Spencer Lenu, uh, yeah, <laughs> but obviously, yeah, yeah obviously, they're not there. It's just like, I think, it's still ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I think in Australia, we're very guilty of not realizing how good things are when they're happening. Uh, and yeah. we're gonna look back on, we're gonna look back on this period of the Penrith Panthers in 10 or 20 years and think, holy shit. They are the best team that we've ever seen. Um, yeah. But it's just be, because of reverse recency bias, I guess you'll call it. Yeah, um, yeah. That and tall poppy syndrome and all of those toxic Australian traits that um, we've made so famous. Um, that yeah, at the moment they're public enemy number one. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that's it, it's also a good thing. Like over here, Saints won four on the bounce. We won the World Cup challenge, and that was like. Now it's like everyone's writing us off because we didn't make a final. And like, yeah, I feel like it'll be the same once that Penrith loss comes the year after. Yeah. It'll be like, yeah, they're, they're gone. They're out of the question. They're, they're not going to compete for anything. And I think that will be bad because like we were saying before, they, they constantly, no matter who they lose, they seem to, they seem to always bring someone they back. They seem to cover it. Even, yeah. if they, even if they lose a, like a semi-final, a prelim over the, and miss out on a final, they'll come back the year later. Yeah, yeah. Just as strong. Um, See that ending. So who's your second, yeah. your final team? Um, I have, I have New Zealand Warriors. Yeah. Um, 
I'm back in then to build on last year and the vibe that was built around them last year. I just think it's too strong. I, I they built up too much. I think that's very vital, their home form with that crowd. Yeah. And if that crowd yeah. continue to, like, because I think they've only got eight games, though, again, haven't they, this year? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, so which, stupid. I mean, after, after all the sacrifices they did during And I think one of their home, from memory, I think one of their home, ga- home games is Magic Round as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, which will be obviously in Brisbane. But I just say, like, that home crowd for them and also the goodwill that they built up in Australia itself, um, yeah. particularly over that COVID period where they became... Um, I mean, where they, sacri- they sacrificed so much to play during that time and keep the competition going. So a lot of people um, have, have really taken a soft spot for the Warriors. It was obviously the, the Up the Wars movement um, that they had last year. But I also Especially think on the... Yeah, the yeah. That was the one, yeah, the one NZ, yeah. <laughs> um, we, you look at their side though, and it's very similar to last year. Then you add in the experience of Kurt Capewell, <clears throat> yeah. Hopefully a fit Luke Metcalf, um, yeah. For for to partner Sean Johnson, um, Chanel Harris David is going to be there to back up. He's going to return. Oh shit! Yeah, they brought be, him back to be he? backup. Um, I guess in the halves Hawk or potentially come shoot? off the bench. Something like that, yeah. But I mean, Wade Egan last year, Wade Egan last year stood up as one of the best nines in the comp. um, Yeah, which came came from absolutely nowhere when he was playing the Dragons, just quietly. Um, uh, but then also Roger Tuivasa-Shek, and what we saw, and I know like trial forms, you put an asterisk next to it, but what we saw from Roger Tuivasa-Shek, he's going to be unbelievably dangerous this year. I just hope he doesn't get. I hope he doesn't get parked on that left edge. I hope he's allowed to, to roam free around roll. the middle, particularly with those big forwards like Adam Fanor Blake getting his arm free for an offload to Roger Tuovasa Shek. That's something I think that's something I think we're gonna see a fair bit. Uh, I think this that'll season. be a, a lot of New Zealand Warriors wet dreams. That. And that'll be a lot of their fans <laughs> pinnacle of like <laughs> yes, that's what I want. An entire <laughs> country is just climax. Roger Tuovasa Shek. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, so I've predicted the Panthers to do four on the bounce. Who are you predicting for your grand final premiers? Um, to be honest, it's so hard. I think, I think Penrith four on the bounce. I think I, I it's also well, the I easiest one see, because you can, yeah. you can, you can get away with it because at the end of the yeah. year, people will be like, yeah, well, it, it was deserved. It was a deserved yeah. take. <laughs> and, and I genuinely think we're going to see a replay of last year's grand final. Um, yeah. With the Broncos there, and who knows? Like, if you get to Grand Final day, it once you're there on the day, anything can happen. But I think that just based on all of the evidence that we've got, and the fact that Penrith have been so successful for such a long period of time, um, yeah, I think I think Penrith are going to be too good and and go four on the bounce, and then we're probably going to see a quieter period from them following that. Um, but yeah, I think they'll cement their legacy. And the documentary that they did um, at the end of last year, like they're so hungry to build. Yeah, that I'm legacy. Hoping, it was it was before it was before 2023. Yeah, um, it was before 2023. The the grand final it was during that year, and they're just so hungry to build a legacy. And I don't think that's yeah. going to go anywhere anytime soon. Well, you know, we we I hope so because I quite like Saints and Penrith to play in Vegas. Just so I can, you know, get over that. That would be awesome. Because I think, I think, I think that should be really where the World Cup challenge should be looking at. Because 
Yeah. We've had a lot of controversy with refereeing decisions in Australia with obviously Ashley Klein and the forward pass that never was and other stuff and the, the blocking incident in one of the drop goals that Saints scored. Um, and then obviously in England, we had the controversy of last weekend yeah. with various decisions and press blowing up. I think if you just stick it, the ideal scenario, you get... Um, we have Bella over here, who's an Aussie ref who's just been promoted to the Super League. We have a play in England with him refing. I think he's our gateway for the Aussies coming back over. Or you stick it in Vegas, neutral venue. And yeah, we, we get sort of like, you know, a neutral sort of perspective on it. Because that's the only way fans on both sides and media and journalists won't won't be kicking off. <laughs> yeah. And then we, yeah. we fly over some English refs, some Aussie refs, and you have an yeah. Aussie ref. English ref combination. That's the only I way. We're how, I love how quickly people forgot how much we hated um, Australian referees when yeah. that happened. It was sort of <laughs> like, like, well, if we're the best competition in the world, why don't we send our referees over for it? It's like, have you forgotten um, what Graham Annesley has to do at the start of every week and stand up and, and try and stop you complaining before you've started doing it after summer referee calls? Um, yeah. Man, I, I, I had found so many funny. messages from like Aussie people on Twitter going like, mate, do you watch this every week? I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what we've got. <laughs> oh yeah, but so nah. that that send in that oh no that send off last week was um oh yeah, the hate uh, clash the, that, that was, yeah let's let's send that, that, that was the hard yeah. that that changed the legislation so yeah. it's now like oh if it's uh, initial contact with the head it's got to be forceful like referees can use common yeah. sense now whereas before the it was literally you clash heads it's a red card but it's like the yeah. uh halftime talk on that one where john wilkin was going like i don't know if you've seen the halftime synopsis over there i don't know what we're broadcasting but they were having a rant him and brian carney and brian carney just goes break break we're going to a break <laughs> it was I just like what's going on and uh and and john wilkins are uh, going well if that's a red card there's 10 red cards in that first half send them off yeah yeah and i mean and and again people like a lot of nrl fans pearl clutching over that going oh this better not infiltrate our game we've seen it happen like it, it does yeah. happen referees make bad calls um but yeah I, I get i get that the competition needs to do what it can to protect the head uh and and protect the livelihoods of players uh but it's also there's got different, way, there's different ways to do it than yeah they, they, it's got a duty of care but there's different ways to um, uphold that than to destroy the fabric of the game. And it's it they've got a duty of care to both the players and the product. And they've kind of missed the product side. They've gone with scientists yeah. who've never played the game. Never yeah. even probably even watched the game. Um and that's why the players are on about going on strike for Magic Weekend. Um yeah. So like that's yeah. that's the talk at the minute and I think that's that's the way it's gonna be over here. But we've now got our NRL predictions. We've now got our ladder. We are going to come back to this at the end of the year, no doubt. They're going to age very poorly. How embarrassed we actually are. I'm saving it on my phone right now, my ladder predictor. And this has been the Ramblings of a Saint podcast. Thank you very much, Sam. Thank you for having me. See you on the next one.